1: 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The Volume. The Three now Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use. Safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLLIN so they know we sent you. (laughs) What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing? Beautiful Thursday night. Kind of, not really. If you're a football team fan, Commanders fan, or Bears fan, tough watch. But we watched it anyway. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You listen on Collins feed. Go subscribe to the 3 and Out Podcast. Middlecoff Mailbag comes out at the end of the podcast on Tuesday. Also comes out on a Sunday show. Little primer before the Sunday games. Uh, fire in those DMs John Middlecoff is my Instagram. DMs wide open. Get your question answered here on the show. We'll we'll react to the Thursday night game. Uh, some other thoughts. Obviously, Eagles-Cowboys, Chiefs-Bills, Giants-Ravens. Uh, some other stuff going around the NFL. Devontae Adams, you know, got the Popo coming after him. Also, my man Stucky, every Thursday picking four games. I, I like his picks this week. I think uh, I, I haven't gambled in a couple weeks because I lost so much money the first three weeks on college, the NFL, and then even when I went to Vegas. But I, you know, I think I'm going to get back on the horse this week. I think I'm going to get back on the horse with uh, with a couple picks. So let's roll. But before we dive into the game and some things that I saw and some other football thoughts, I want to tell you about my friends at TurtleBox. I love my friends at TurtleBox because TurtleBox is the loudest, most portable, and truly waterproof. Look at this thing. Looks fantastic. Sounds fantastic for those of you listening. Uh, Most portable Bluetooth speaker on the market. It features ultra-long battery life, so you'll never have to worry about music dying out. You know, barbecuing, tailgating, hanging with your boys, maybe playing some golf, doing whatever. All of a sudden, your music runs out. That sucks. You don't have to worry about that with TurtleBox because of the battery life. And even better, they're now offering pro and collegiate team color combinations where you can show off your team pride all season long. Commanders fans, you have a lot of pride in Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Go get yourself a Turtle Box and put that that red and burgundy right on there. Go to TurtleBoxAudio.com. That's TurtleBoxAudio.com. Use the promo code John to get $20 off your first order as well as free shipping. That's promo code John, J-O-H-N, for $20 off at TurtleBoxAudio.com. Go do it. Right now. Okay, where do we start? Uh, I guess we'll get into the Commanders and Dan Snyder in a second. But first, like I love the draft. I'm sure a lot of people in the NFL and fans of this podcast love the draft as well. College football is our second biggest sport. And I think one reason that the NFL draft is so big Because so many people watch college football. So when there are huge, huge stars coming out, we've seen them play, right? When Tool was coming out, we had watched him play. Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, but even the position players, right? We saw Jamar Chase play at the highest level. All the Alabama wide receivers this year, Will Anderson. Last year, Aiden Hutchinson. It's fun. When I was a kid, the NBA draft was really, really big because college basketball was massive. We saw Shaq play. We saw Grant Hill play. We saw Allen Iverson. That adds to the intrigue. Now, not everyone is just some can't-miss prospect, right? A couple years ago, Trevor Lawrence was the golden child. Then there were four other guys that we all argued about, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, who none of us really saw unless you went to YouTube. Now, granted, YouTube's pretty big, so a lot of you did. Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. And let's not get it twisted. Playing quarterback is about more than just physical attributes. But it is not arguable in my opinion that Justin Fields, if I take Trevor Lawrence out of it, he's a number one pick in basically 99% of any draft. But relative to definitely his class, he is the most physically gifted of the bunch. As you saw tonight, he is lightning quick. As you saw tonight on the deep ball that he hit for the touchdown to Dante Pettis, former Niner bust, beautiful ball, big-time arm. We know he's got a big-time arm. He can really run. He's a very, very gifted, talented, a lot of great physical attributes. Now, playing quarterback is about more than that. Like I said, I think he's the most physically gifted of the bunch. Mac Jones would be the worst. We can argue over Trey and Zach Wilson, but I think Justin Field has more physical characteristics. Now, that doesn't mean he's a better player. He's got a long way to go. As you watched him tonight, you can separate, like, in a vacuum, his game needs some work, right? It feels like he's too slow to process. Things happen. He holds on to the ball. He takes sacks that aren't necessarily always on the offensive line, though he plays with a terrible offensive line. But it's pretty clear. It's been well documented if you follow different, like, nerdy football people. He's kind of been a disaster. And you can see signs of that. But you can also see signs on the beautiful deep ball on the run like this guy's got a lot of talent. Now, talent that doesn't materialize into playing well gets coaches and GMs fired. So he's got a long way to go. Not disputable though the gifts. It's not even arguable if you watch that game. And I commend you if you did because that was not an easy game to watch. Now, Here's the thing, and we talk so much about height and arm strength and athletic ability and rightfully so about quarterbacks. Toughness is something that you can't measure. I can measure how far you can throw a ball. I can measure that Justin Fields runs a 4-4-1. I can measure how much he weighs, right, 215 pounds or whatever. I can't measure how tough you are. And in the history of the league, and definitely since I've been watching it for 30-plus years, A lot of quarterbacks succeed and fail fail because of an intangible characteristic, and it's toughness. And we talk so much about offensive line, how tough you are, linebackers, how tough you are, slot receivers, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, they'd go over the middle, tough SOBs, George Kittle, breaking tackles, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, tough, tough, tough. We don't talk about it often at quarterback. Yet you're sitting there in your position. You take three, five, seven step drops as these mammoth human beings are coming at you. And depending on how good your offensive line are, sometimes they don't get touched. And if you followed the draft process, these defensive linemen over the last several years have been great athletes. They have been elite talents and they are getting on you, hitting you within seconds. Tonight, I learned a lot about Justin Fields. He is a tough motherfucker. He got peppered over and over and over again, and kept getting up. And sometimes slower than others. I mean, you would too if you were getting slammed into the ground by a 300-pound guy. But it's easy to get up, and I think this parallels anything in life. It's easy to kind of pick yourself up off the ground when things are going well. For the last 10 years, most of our industries making money, trajectory up. What's his next year going to look like? Probably going to be pretty tough. Hell, it's tough right now. You ever open the stock market in the morning? Usually pretty ugly. Seen the housing market? Coming back to earth. It's easy, even when you have a bad day, to pick yourself up when times are good. How about when times are shitty? And the Bears suck. They're not good. He's losing tonight on a short week, getting his ass kicked inside a pocket because his offensive lineman can't block for him, guys can't get open, and maybe he can't see him. But every single time he's on the ground, shakes himself off and gets up. And then at the end of the game, has an incredible run, makes a couple good throws, might have been P.I. His wide receivers drop it. Like, he made winning plays. Now, becoming a good player, he's got a long way to go. But he's got a lot to work with. And he's a young player. And he's truly physically gifted. And he has the toughness. So I am not going to give up on him. Uh, I came away from the night even with some of the struggles pretty impressed and a lot of it has to do with the intangible thing that has been the reason so many quarterbacks in the history of the league have failed they didn't want the smoke fields took it and got back right up uh every time the night so I call me impressed on the commanders two things stood out first and foremost The story about the owner that came out today, I I don't blame you if you didn't read it. I, I read, I skimmed a quarter of it. We've all seen the highlights. I didn't need Seth Wickersham, who I like a lot, to give me some long article that Dan Snyder's a loser scumbag. Nobody likes him. We know. Now, the details are funny. The mafia comments. The, I got dirt on everyone. That was enjoyable. Al Michaels is a made man in the NFL. He is in with the league. The league wants Al Michaels to be on their biggest games. If you are a play-by-play guy on the A-team, Joe Buck, Al Michaels, uh, Jim Nance, you are in, quote-unquote, as Dan Snyder would tell you, the mob. The league wants you in that position. Why? The league is a television product. It's how they make their money. Eyeballs on the games. So they want their best broadcasters basically running point, and that is Al Michaels, who's one of the most historic play-by-play guys ever, Joe Buck, who's kind of the modern-day version of like all those guys, and Jim Nance, who's been doing it forever. They place those guys there. If they didn't want them there, they would not be there. Now, Al, Nance is obviously older than Joe, but Al's the elder statesman. I mean, he ain't that far away from 80. Al Michaels plays golf, with probably the most powerful people in America. He hangs out with owners. So on the broadcast, when Al Michaels drops a, you know, it's of my opinion that the NFL would like Dan Snyder to sell the team. They don't want to have to vote him out. They would like him to sell the team. That's a pretty big red flag. Al Michaels isn't just saying that. Now, you could say, John, he's old. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Maybe he doesn't care. Game's terrible. He's bored. He's just giving his opinion. I'm calling BS. I'm not saying they told him to say that. My point is he knows that's the way they feel. Why? He's boys with Jerry. He's boys with Roger. He's boys with the Maras. Like, these are his friends. They're obviously his business partners, but that's who he hangs out with. Those are the circles he runs with. Dan Snyder, I don't know how this whole thing's going to end because we have seen in the last several years, starting with Donald Sterling, owner after owner after owner get forced out in weird different ways. And once upon a time, even Donald Sterling, who was hated, absolutely despised, Mark Cuban said, you know, this is a Slippery Slope. Remember, Mark Cuban, never forget, wasn't that comfortable with them kicking him out for the Vivian, Viviano, Stiviano, whatever the hell her name was, the uh, silly rabbit, the video that came out. Or the the audio that came out. Because he's like, you just never know where this is going. And since then, we've seen a lot of different owners get kicked out. Most of them, I think we all agree, not well-liked. And not exactly like Jerry Jones or Dr. Buss or Mark Cuban's getting booted. It's guys they wanted out anyway. But the Snyder thing's... A little different because I don't ever see him tapping out. And are they willing to vote him out when some of these guys might be scared that he has some dirt on him? Remember, when the NFL launched an investigation into the commanders, do you know what happened? The Raiders lost their coach. <laughs> Think about that. The NFL went after Dan Snyder and the internal workings of his business. And Mark Davis had to fire his coach. That not, nothing happened with the Commanders. Gruden lost his job. So th- this thing, to me, is going. If they're truly going to go in on it, which it feels like they're getting closer and closer, it's going to be explosive. Because the one thing any of us know, the vengeful, crazy guy that just lives in their own world in his own world, that guy's scary to begin with. When that guy's a billionaire and doesn't give a shit about anything, he's really scary. Because he does not care, and he ain't worried about a damn thing. At least sometimes when you live it in your own world, you know, if you have a job or whatever, you kind of got to be careful about certain things. What does Dan Snyder care about? So I do believe, not necessarily that he has dirt on everybody, but that he wouldn't hesitate trying to take people down. You know, kind of like shotgun blast. It's not just one bullet. It kind of sprays and he'll take down anyone he can. I I think he would be the type of guy that would be willing to do that. Now, on their football team, they are also, like the Bears, god-awful. That was a tough watch. The only thing that I really took away from that game is, has any general manager pivoted better off a disastrous quarterback contract than Howie Roseman did getting rid of Carson Wentz? Let's face it. And and Carson Wentz, like once upon a time, Justin Fields, though Carson was much better on the field. Now, he played on better teams, but when Carson was good, he was an MVP-level player. That guy is long gone. I mean, that, that visual, you know your visuals like in a movie when a dude's in the desert in like Vegas or making the drive from like L.A. to Vegas and it's just middle of nowhere? And as the car goes, like the land gets smaller and smaller? Like that version of Carson Wentz is so far behind in the rearview mirror. It's stupid. He stinks. He is not a good football player. And how he wrote. And a lot of times when you drafted a guy high and then you paid him, you just kind of go down with the ship, right? You, 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 the Titanic sinking, and you're like, you know what? This is my job. Some very small few kind of feel about how do I pivot? Look at Matt Ryan. They held on to Matt Ryan for years too long and now he stinks and now somehow the Colts have him but he was able to get rid of him he's already on a separate team from the team he traded him to and had a backup contingency plan who's obviously turned out to be a better player because Jalen Hurts right now is in a different universe than Carson Wentz but Carson Wentz now he was a little better last year is just a complete disaster because you still view him like I'm talking about Justin Fields. The difference is Justin Fields is like 22 years old. Carson Wentz is like 30, (laughs) you know, and on his fourth year of his second contract. Like, this thing's a sinking ship. You can't play with this guy as your quarterback and expect to win. Not possible. The Commanders are a god-awful team. And I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, obviously, Ron Rivera will probably get fired at the end of the year. Owner is just going to be fighting wars left and right. Uh, the Bears got issues. They have a long way to go, but a- at least they are way more stable in a weird way than the Commanders. You-, you could argue the Commanders right now, when you factor in the owner and you factor in an inevitability of the of the coach losing his job. Who knows, by the time you listen to it, maybe gets fired on Friday, maybe last lasts the whole season, maybe gets filed in the mid- fired in the middle of the year. It's inevitable. Who's taking this job? Remember, when Ron took the job, he had just been fired by Tepper. You look at his resume, he actually doesn't win that much. So, you know, is, Ron Rivera's never getting another job. If Snyder somehow just keeps owning the team, if at the end of the year, they fire Ron Rivera, they're kind of stuck with Carson and this Albatross contract, and they just traded multiple third-round picks for him, What are they doing? Like, where are they going? Now, who knows? Maybe they suck enough to have the number one overall pick, but they won't because, hell, they're already, whatever. What are they, two and four? I mean, they're going to end up with five, six wins. They they are not going to be drafting in the top five. This is going to be the most undesirable job, not just in the NFL, but of, like, all the major colleges, right? Nebraska, Wisconsin, like, those type jobs are way more intriguing than this thing. This thing, it's why I'm telling you, Keep an eye on Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin, the brand, Dan Snyder, one Lincoln coach, that's my prediction. Way too early prediction, October 13th, Lane Kiffin, Washington Commanders next year. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code COLIN For your no-sweat first bet, make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over in present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 New York Tennessee Red Line one 888 9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside.
1: They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J O H N. That's linkedin.com slash J O H N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Let's dive into the two big games of the weekend. Uh and when I mean big game, I mean really, really big games. One could be game of the year, could have the two best teams in the Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills rematch. I mean, they've played like four times in the last two years. But I wanted to start in the NFC East. Uh, Philadelphia used to live there, been to many games of the Link. This place is going to be rocking on Sunday night. And I've been thinking a lot about these two teams. One, because the Eagles have just become a power, they, they are really, really good. And the Cowboys kind of have taken a different route. I think we all counted them out, and now they're good. But the thing I've been thinking about with these two teams is their head coaches, right? Let's face it, I am as guilty as anyone. I have made a ton of fun of Mike McCarthy. So have you, so have most people over the last several years. I don't think he's any good. And Nick Sirianni, when he got hired, we all made fun of him as his press conference. And early on last year, like the first half of the season, it didn't look that good. Figured it out, got to 9 and 8, made the playoffs. But let's face it, the seven seed is not the same as historically making the playoffs, but he still figured it out. And this year has not lost a game. So basically, he's won 14 games in two years through 17 plus, you know, five, 23 games. Like he's, he's doing pretty good. And Mike McCarthy now, 12 and five last year and four and one, like he's won 16 games. And I don't care. We're all kind of judged different in our different industries, right? For those of you, if you work in sales, you're judged how much you sell. It's just, it's very black and white. What is your quota? How much do you sell? Do you go above and beyond? In my business, obviously, I'm judged on how much revenue I generate, but I generate that revenue by how many listens I get. So the bigger my audience is, the more I can generate. Like that's how I'm judged. No one listens, we can't make any money, and I suck. If you sell cars and you don't sell any cars, you ain't going to last long, right? If you're a surgeon and you're doing you, you had knee surgeries, my dad once tore his ACL and MCL. You know, he, he didn't ever need another surgery there. Well, if you're screwing up surgeries, like you're probably not very good and you're not going to keep your job for long. In football, as a head coach, you are judged on one thing and one thing only. Relationships, your scheme, how you talk to the press, whether you're skinny or fat, No one gives a shit if you win. It's the only way you're judged. Wins and losses. And while I'm not necessarily, I haven't pivoted on Mike McCarthy, still not a huge believer, I can't really dispute that these last two years he has been very successful. And he's done it different ways, right? He's done it with Dak Prescott. He's doing it with Cooper Rush. Now, you can push back if you hate the Cowboys and go, it's all Dan Quinn. Their defense has been really good this year. Last year, they had one of the best offenses in the league. Now, you could say, Johnny's not even the offensive play caller. True. But ultimately, he's the head coach. And when you're the head coach, when you're the lead dog, when you're the CEO, you get the praise and you get the blame. So I got to give the guy some credit. And Nick Sirianni, hell, last year he gave up the play calling. And this year, like their team is dramatically better. Now, Howie Roseman plays a role in it. They have an excellent roster. They have an excellent team. They're good at the line of scrimmage on offense and defensive lines. But it can't really be disputed. Nick Sirianni... 5 0, 9 8, 14 wins in 17 games last year and five games this year. And right now he's 5 0, and he would be the one seed. He wins this game. It's pretty clear they're probably headed toward a 13 or 14 win season. And sometimes when you give a press conference like Jim Tom Sula, and once upon a time he farted in a press conference, every single time he spoke, it was easy to make fun of him. And the main reason it was is because we watched his team and they stunk. They were terrible, right? So Nick Sirianni, I think he's much better behind a mic, but it shows you how pointless that exercise was to make a big deal of it. And McCarthy, like, we all kind of think he's the village idiot, and we all think Aaron Rodgers called him a meathead, and I'm still not quite sure what he's doing. He's the guy leading the charge. Like, I I saw Jason Garrett lead the charge at different points in time of his career. Couldn't win eight games. So, you got to give these two head coaches a lot of credit. Obviously, these two teams have a lot of talent. I think the Eagles have more talent. I like the Eagles in this game. But the Cowboys, defensively, are really, really good. I mean, Micah Parsons, part of also developing and drafting a good team, there's some luck involved. Like, anyone can take Miles Garrett, number one, or Nick Bosa, number two. Like, those picks we all can make. But can you draft really good players in the third round? Can you draft really good players in the fifth round? Like, can you, can you find Richard Sherman in the fifth? Can you find George Kittle in the fifth? Can, can, can you do that? Can you build your team that way? Look at the Eagles. They once upon a time drafted a guy in the seventh round who was a rugby player from Australia, and they've turned him into one of the best left tackles in the league. Development. That's a huge part about football, and that's a huge... Uh, you get a lot of credit for that as a head coach and as a coaching staff, and right now... Listen, I was never really out on Sirianni, but he's impressive. And McCarthy, like, I, I can't just take some huge dump all over his career because, you know, I I we I all every single human shorted him this year. I thought they were going to be terrible, and that was before Dak got hurt, and they're good. If they are just competitive in this game, I'll be impressed. I like the Eagles in this game. Uh, I think the place is going to be going nuts. We've been forced to watch, for those of us that don't live in the Northeast, a lot of NFC East football over the years. Because of the markets, and listen, I'm a businessman, I I get it, but I'm glad that the Eagles-Cowboys isn't just a market play. It's like, no, this game really matters. And speaking of a game that really, really matters, it would have to be the number one game to start the season on paper. Bills at the Chiefs. And the reason the NFL is so much bigger than every sports league From a revenue standpoint, from a TV viewer audience standpoint, it's the number one reality television show in this country. It's the thing we all agree that like, yeah, 27 million people are all watching this game at the same time. Listen, you you go anywhere in society, everyone's arguing. No one agrees. You think this, I think that. You think that, I think this. You put an NFL game on, we'll sit down and watch it together. Now we might disagree on who's good, who's bad, this guy can coach, but we all agree this is a great product. And when it comes to box office, I've been saying this for as long as I've been talking. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were the magic and Larry Bird of my generation because of what they meant for the rocket ship that is now the NFL. Now it's different. The NBA was much more dependent on Magic and Larry because their business was in shambles. They created the business, basically, and made it mainstream, made it possible, and the NBA didn't look back for a long period of time. The NFL was already massive when Brady and Manning became a rival, but once you get the greatest quarterback of all time with a top five quarterback of all time to become legitimate rivals who play every single year, and this was when I was in college, none of us missed it. Oh, the Pats are playing the Colts. I'm fucking watching. And usually it was Sunday night football, Monday night football, the big game. You know, if it was in the afternoon Sims and Nance, and it was, you know, one of the biggest games on paper every single year. And that is what I think we have with these two guys. And what's unique is clearly they're kind of friends, right? In the match against Brady and Rogers golf wise, they played together. I watched probably too much of it because it was pretty terrible. They clearly get along. They are like minded, high level guys. And, you know, the thing with Tom and Peyton is both of them are huge. If you've ever been around them, Peyton Manning is almost six foot six. So is Tom Brady. They are enormous men. Josh Allen's really big. If you ever saw him in person, I never have, but he is every bit that old school quarterback, massive. The difference is he can run. Mahomes isn't as big. The weird part about with Mahomes, he actually feels more like a common guy who can just sling it like Dan Marino or Brett Favre than some of these other like Cam Newton, Josh Allens. But the best part about a rivalry to me is when it's organic, when it just naturally takes shape. Sometimes it's geographical, right? Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, the San Francisco Giants against the LA Dodgers, Auburn, Alabama, Duke, North Carolina. Obviously, rivalries are just built in geographically. And then there are some other ones that just like because you're in their division or because you play a lot, We just end up hating you. My favorite rivalry in the NBA recently was the Warriors and the Houston Rockets. I despise James Harden. And then they got Chris Paul, hated him more. Then they got Russell Westbrook. It was tailor-made. Daryl Morey always acting like he was better than you with his analytics and his numbers. Yet every single time, the Warriors would beat him. Every single time. And it was just a fantastic organic rivalry. The Bills and Chiefs, while they're in the same conference, like, let's face it, I've been watching football now 30-plus years. They've never really mattered, it felt like, at the same time, at least not in in the last 25 years. And now to get these two quarterbacks that feel like the best two players in the league. When you go, who are the best two players in the league? Right now, my first reaction would be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Now, I understand that Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs, and he's been arguably the best player in the league the last couple of years. And he still might be, but I think it's if anyone wants to say Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, I ain't gonna argue with you. And then when you factor in, Andy Reid's gonna go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. His one of his disciples, Sean McDermott, is now running the Bills. They already had kind of a historic moment happen in the playoffs where Josh Allen throws for five touchdowns. They take the lead with 14, 13 seconds left. Somehow, the trio of three Hall of Famers, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, work the ball. Far enough in two plays to get Butker in position and have a walk off field goal. Like part of building a rivalry when you're not like in a geographical setup is to have an important thing happen, especially in the playoffs. So I think we're off and running on this. I, from a gambling perspective, would take the Chiefs and the points just because they're at home. But all I know, have your popcorn ready. Have a cocktail ready. Have your pizza ordered. You don't want to miss a snap of this bad boy. Because as we saw for years with the Colts and the Patriots, you never know what could happen. And usually the regular season game is just a precursor to the playoffs. And what's cool about the the NFL is when both teams become powerhouses, the Chiefs and the Bills, as long as they stay good, as long as these two quarterbacks stay healthy, they're going to play each other every single year moving forward. Every single year they're going to play each other. And then hopefully we get a second round in the playoffs. Because I think right now, I don't even know how this game's going to look. You could convince me the Bills win this game by 10. You could convince me the Chiefs win this game by a touchdown. But all I care about is we get this game in January. That's what the league wants. And this is kind of like, you know, the opening act. And luckily, it's Josh Mahomes. Just doesn't get any better. Can't wait. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the Chiefs, they're going through a pretty crazy stretch. Two weeks ago, it was Brady, kind of the rematch from the Super Bowl. Last week, Monday Night Football against a rival in the Raiders. Now they're playing the Bills, and the next week they're playing the 49ers. Like If they're able to go 3-1 and one in that stretch, I think it's fair to say they are they could go 14-3. and three. And if you tell me the Bills win this game, you convince me they go like 14-2. and two. Now, at the end of the day, regardless what happens in this game on Sunday, you convince both these two teams are probably... I think it's probably a little easier for the Bills to get to 14 wins... And the Chiefs, you know, sometimes they can kind of pick their spots. Maybe they're cool with just getting to 12 and 13. and They're cool, you know, not getting the number one overall seed. But now, you know, not having the the second seed doesn't give you the buy in the first round. It is a little bit more important. So you could say big picture, it's very important from a, from a buy standpoint. Because that's what these two teams are playing for. It's weird. Obviously, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in this weird kind of place as an organization where it's Super Bowl or bust. Like, that's really all Mahomes and Andy are playing for. You know, the Bills, like, let's just get to a Super Bowl. Obviously, they've never won one. They have some historic losses early on in the 90s. Like, they got to get over the hump. The Chiefs already have. They've been back to another. Their entire goal, I would say them, obviously Tom Brady, maybe the Packers, like, anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is a disappointment. I can't quite go that far with the Bills, but it does feel like with how talented their team is, how well Josh is playing, how explosive their offense is how dynamic their defensive pass rush is. You know, they're not far away from saying that. They just got to do it first before you feel good about them. But I'm just, I'm excited. And then last but not least, the Giants. Uh, Listen, Brian Dayball has been exceptional this year. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that going into this game, the Giants would have a better record than the Ravens, I would have said, put down the crack pipe. Like, no chance. But they do. And they've, you know, they've had some, you know, they beat the commanders, right? They've, uh, they beat the bears, but you beat the Packers across the pond, even if the Packers turn out to be a 10 win team, like that's a good win especially when you're down 17-0 and they got Aaron fucking Rodgers, So I to me, you can't take away that win. You can't go, well, the pack. no, that is an impressive win. And we can play that game, well, you know, the Dolphins, uh, and, uh, you know, this game, the Texans, and the Cowboys. were Now, it, it's pretty clear when you get a good win and a bad win. Like last week, the Ravens against the Bengals, that's a good win. Anytime you beat a division rival and their quarterback is Joe Burrow, that's a good win. I don't care what it looks like. No different than last week on the road because I've seen a lot of people and a lot of people are naturally going to do it. Well, the Packers aren't. No, that was a good win. And here's the other thing. I think, yeah, I'm not really buying the Giants and I'm not necessarily. Then I looked at their schedule. I don't think they're going to win this game. I'm going to bet on the Ravens. So even if they're four and two, here are their next upcoming games. The Jags, Seattle, the Texans, and the Lions. And they still have two games against the Commanders. So it's not inconceivable that this team is around 500 you know, when all the dust settles at the end of the year. Even if they get swept by the Cowboys, swept by the Eagles, they still got to play, you know, the Vikings, the Colts. Like, if Brian Dayball wins nine games, you convince me he's coach of the year. I don't give a shit what other records of what other teams, nine and eight with this roster, given how bad they've been, that, that would be really impressive. And I do think there is some pressure in this game on the Ravens. You have Lamar Jackson, who's having an MVP-type season. Like, you are the better team than the Giants. I get it's a road game, but anytime the Ravens, the Eagles, the Giants, the Commanders, they play each other, they all take the train. It's not, it's like commuting for me and you to go to work. So this is not your typical, like, let's get in the plane, let's fly two time zones. No. The, the Ravens got in a train, or hell, maybe the, they bus, and it's not a very, very hard commute. So I like the Ravens in this game, but I do believe, regardless, you convinced me, you know, if you told me right now that the Giants lose this game by 25 points, I'm still not thinking different of the Giants. Like, you just look at their schedule, they are not going to go away. And then just some other stories, really on the Devontae thing. Like, his resume speaks for itself as a human being. But if you want to convince me, and a lot of people are like sarcastically making fun, like, there is something to be said. He is a spotless resume as a human for Fresno State and then for Green Bay. Beloved, high character guy. If you told me one day Devontae Adams, won the man of the year, I'd be like, yeah, very believable. Then he goes to the Raiders. He's been winning his the majority of his career in college and then in the pros and he's been winning big the last three years. Then he goes to the Raiders. He starts losing over and over again. Now, he chose this. He signed up for this. He told the Packers, trade me. I want to go play with my homie. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to always do business with your friends and you don't always want to do business with the Raiders because in the internet age, they lose and they lose a lot. Now, you can convince me they're not the worst team in the league. Of course they're not. Like, you don't have to sell me on that. Like, the Panthers are one and four, the Commanders are one and four, and the Raiders are one and four. Obviously, the Raiders are light years better than those two teams. But your record's your record. They're one and four. (laughs) Like, and their resume as a franchise, as Mark Davis has owned it, and really, since the internet has been, you know, in our lives, they lose a lot. So, like, Demonte, you did sign up for this. Now, to me, it's like, Fucking sue him, getting tossed. Give me a break. Like, hey, pick yourself up and get up. Like, unfortunate incident, not that big a deal. But like, everyone was making fun of the dude at the Forty Nine er game that charged the field, and Bobby Wagner lit up. And people were like, I can't believe this guy's suing. Like, I can't. It's California. It's a it's like pro criminal, man. That, that guy's gonna win. That guy's going to get money from Jed York and Stan Kroenke or the NFL. I will be stunned if the if the protester in that 49er Monday night football game when Bobby Wagner lit him up doesn't win some money it's it's california he's going to be protected now i don't i can't speak to the politics in missouri kansas city i you know i i think it's like you're really suing life threatening you didn't have life threatening diseases or injuries yeah buddy, we know we saw you fall <laughs> like just most of us when we get shoved we just kind of Dust herself off and pick herself up and get back up. Uh, so the, the whole situation is just... It's classic Raiders. It, it's very, very Raiders, though. It's just... There's, it's unavoidable. Uh, the Washington article... Like, yeah, we all know Dan Snyder's kind of a shithead. People don't like him. Like, wh- what am I supposed to learn? I like Seth Wickersham. I read his Patriot book. It's fantastic. I've DM'd with him over the years. He writes some fantastic pieces. And there were some explosive lines, like... The NFL owners are like a mafia. Dan Snyder's got dirt. Like, yeah, I think this guy's a shithead. Nobody likes him. The league would love to get him out. Maybe Dan Snyder wants it to be known. If you guys vote vote me out, I'm going to take down a bunch of you. And I don't blame him. Nobody, no matter how bad of a guy, just because you're a bad guy doesn't make you realize, like, look in the mirror, like, I'm a bad guy. Maybe I should just give up my team. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Dan Snyder, however this ends with him, it will not be pretty. But, Here's what I will never forget. The NFL did an independent investigation on Dan Snyder. Do you know what happened? John Gruden got fired. He was the Raiders head coach. So I I just think all this stuff is just part of the television reality show that we all love so much. And this all adds to it. The other thing that kind of bothers me is, and I see this a lot with older people, they're like, the NFL is so much better when teams like Washington and the Raiders are dominating. Actually, it's not. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was, it was a big deal in the 80s when those two teams were winning Super Bowls, but I wasn't alive then. And then I got alive, and the Cowboys were good, the Packers were good, the Niners were good, uh, the Broncos were good, and the league was fine. And then the Raiders and the football team for 20 years were terrible, and the league has never been more popular. Washington, the majority of my life, has been completely irrelevant and the NFL has never made more money. So whenever you hear someone go, the league's better, push back and go, no, it's actually not. That is not true. In baseball, it matters that the Yankees and Dodgers are good. In basketball, it matters when the big markets are good. The Lakers, the Bulls, the Celtics, the Knicks are terrible, right? If the Knicks were better, that would help out the, the NBA. The Jets and the Giants have been bad for seven, eight plus years. The NFL just signed a historic revenue deal with their TV partners. So it's like, no, actually, they're not dependent on independent markets. They're dependent on the product being interesting and good. And quarterbacks, Mahomes plays for Kansas City. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers played in Green Bay. <laughs> like it, it's not market dependent. It's league dependent. And ultimately, Dan Snyder, whether he's in the league or out of the league, like I think it's a lot more drama. You know, in just in internet circles and like owners may be complaining about it, but I don't think it actually impacts the sport. Uh, Brady, you know, has a chance to knock out the Steelers. It's pretty crazy. You know, the, the bucks are big favorites on the road against Pittsburgh. So now Pittsburgh back to back weeks, 14 point dogs last week. Now they're eight and a half point dogs. So, you know, 20 plus points in back to back games. It's one thing. It was a historic underdog last week against the Bills, and it clearly wasn't high enough. I think when you look at it in the totality of like back-to-back weeks, you're like 22 point underdogs. Like your team sucks. Your team is really, really bad. Fitzpatrick's, you know, he's banged up. He hasn't practiced all week. Obviously, TJ Watts out. Their offensive line's just so average. They can't run the ball. Kenny Pickett is just going to be a complete work in progress. It's going to be a long, long year. Long, long year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And one thing that's pretty fascinating to me, we've all, you know, if you've followed the NFL, you've probably seen the stats if you're on social media of how good Geno Smith has been. And people have compared Geno's numbers and Russell's numbers, and it's not even debatable. Geno Smith has been a better player than Russell Wilson this year. Statistically, the eye test, like, no one can even argue it. Sierra couldn't even argue it. Seattle, now, are they good? Are they bad? I would tend to say they're going to end up being like a six-win team, but they'll clearly be feisty. And Pete's kind of good with an underdog and some random guys, and they'll play hard, and they'll probably knock off a couple good teams as the year goes on. But this week at home against Arizona, Arizona might not be good. Like, they do not score early in games. Their quarterback is getting worse. You know, they paid him a historic amount of money. Obviously, it's the biggest amount of money the franchise has ever paid a player. It's one of the biggest contracts in the history of the NFL. And he's nowhere near worth it currently. Like he is, I had a buddy in the NFL that sent me a, uh, he must have been, you know, writing up some guys, watching some film. It sent me a throw that Kyler made last week, late in the game, in the fourth quarter, under two minutes to Zach Ertz, who was running like either a flag or like a deep crossing route, kind of toward the sideline. And he was open. It would have been a big, big gain. Kyler is not getting pressured. He's in the pocket. He just fucking airmails him. I mean, Kevin Garnett in his prime with a trampoline couldn't have touched the ball. And you just watch Kyler like, yeah, he can make some sweet plays with his legs. And every once in a while, he'll throw a dime. But to me right now, he's like a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. Because being a flashy player, who cares? Like, you have to sustain drives. You have to be a consistent player, especially when I'm paying you a lot of money. Think about the guys making a lot of money right now. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson will make a lot. Even cousins. They are consistently Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady doesn't make any, but you know, he doesn't make that much money. He makes $30 million. They are consistent. Even when they're not like their elite self, their their floor is really low. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's floor is way too low. It is just not high enough for a 40 plus million dollar quarterback. And if they lose this weekend at Seattle, they would be two and four. And they clearly are not built personality-wise uh, to handle you know, a huge uphill battle. To me, this is borderline must-win for Arizona or I feel their season just completely crumbles and we're looking at a five-win team. They win this game, maybe they'll feisty enough and they end up around seven, eight wins. They lose this game, I think all hell could break loose quickly in, uh, I don't even know, I was going to say Tempe, wherever the hell they practice. Obviously, they play in Glendale, where the Super Bowl is. I got news for you. The streak, you know, Tampa hosted the Super Bowl, they played it, and they won it. L.A. hosted the Super Bowl, they played it, and they won it. This year, the Cardinals host the Super Bowl. They will not be playing in it.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash back at it again with my main man Stucky who you know I I I might have propped up a little too high I had people slide into my DMs I'm sure they slid into his DMs wasn't trying to cook the books I I just can't add Uh, he's 12 and 7 on the season rough week but Tennessee's on a bye we can't fade them this week Uh, Kentucky Got their ass kicked because they didn't have their starting quarterback. So I, I don't know how it's going in Lexington, but luckily their star quarterback looks to be back. You can find them on the Action Network. Uh, you can find them on Big Bets on Campus, your Action Network podcast on Thursday, Big Bets on Campus. Go subscribe to that. Stucky,
2: uh, how are how we feeling? Good. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, I would, luckily the Titans, yes, are in a buy. I mean, I would be, I would make that bet again, but that's how it works sometimes in the NFL. Sometimes you get some breaks that go your way. Sometimes you don't. The, yeah, then the Rams just, they didn't make Cooper Rush beat him, and that was that Cowboys, that Cowboys front won the game early with a defensive touchdown, and the Rams are a mess, so that was a a bad play. Um, the Rams offensive line is a disaster right now. But yeah, everything's well. I mean, the Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky's lost two in a row, and what that means is whenever that happens, it's college basketball season in Lexington. I saw I saw
1: Coach I saw Coach Cal Coach Cal's getting uh, getting yappy about retirement. I saw some headlines.
2: Yeah, he's he's probably smiling after a couple. We we were talking about that. Yeah, it was unfortunate that Levis got hurt, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend of college football and and the NFL as always. Let's get into it. Well, the one bet you hit last week that I you
1: know I, I was uh, I wouldn't say a loyal Dan Campbell guy, but I, I'm definitely off the scent and let the Lions just <laughs> I wouldn't put any money on them. For a while, but let's start with they were coming off the biggest line in the history of the franchise as an underdog in the Steelers, and they got fucking housed by the Bills. Uh, it was one of those thirty-eight to three. I, I saw like an Oklahoma fan on like Reddit. It was kind of going viral. Like, don't get it twisted. The score wasn't even that close, and that's what the Bill Steeler game to me reminded me. I know it's thirty-eight to three, but that was that's about a hundred to nothing equivalent in the NFL. Now the Steelers are playing the Bucs. Uh, I, I think I know where you're going to lean here because Tomlin, Big Dog, just getting their ass kicked. Everyone thinks they suck. You know, and the Bucks aren't exactly blowing people out, even though I, I even thought watching that game, up 21-0. You know, the Falcons, I know they had a chance, but it's, you know, they, they were getting kind of worked in that game. Uh, I, this would probably be a stay away for me just because I, I – I understand Tomlin's track record, but Big Ben ain't walking through that door. This team, to me, without T.J. Watt, I think the record—they've never won since he's been on the team. Uh, I, I just can't get behind the Steelers. But this is a big line, and I, I think the Bucks are—you know—I mean—they're cruising to 11-12 wins, but they're definitely not some dominant squad this year. This, this would be a stay away for
2: me. How about you? Yeah, I played. I played Pittsburgh here plus eight and a half. I this is almost an auto play for me. Not, you know, the Tomlin stats are are ridiculous. I mean, I I could go on, on to them for days. He's the most profitable coach as an underdog over the past 20 years. They're, you know, and this will be the biggest home dog that they've been in 40 years if the line doesn't come down to 7 or below. And for what it's worth, over the past 20 years, Pittsburgh is 17-4 and 3 against the spread as a home dog. But you know, when, a team, when an NFL team gets thoroughly embarrassed 30, by a, a loss of 35 or more points, the next week, they are 70, and this is over the past 20 years, 71-41-5. That's 63.5%. When they're catching, when they're an underdog of three or more points, they're losing by 35-plus. This is the NFL market, 47-17-2 just 73%. So, you know, it is still a week to week market. I think you get a little line value and then uh, these are professionals. You get embarrassed. They usually come out with your best effort, usually not as bad as you looked the week before. And then you have a guy like Tomlin at home. This see this is the season. I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere regardless, but they lose this game, they're done. You're done in the AFC. They're at home, just got roasted. I think and if you look at the numbers, Kenny Pickett has been better than it's not the bar isn't high to clear, but been better than Mitch Trubisky, and uh, maybe developing a little nice connection with George Pickens. But yeah, the Bucks. So I just think this line's a little too high. It's the spot. It's the Ra Ra Tomlin spot, and then it's you know an NFL team off of getting blown out by thirty five plus. You don't see it a ton. Uh, this isn't college, and and the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks are just they're kind of broken right now, and um, they need to figure it out. The offensive line isn't great. They can't run the ball because of that. Brady's under pressure. The wide receivers are just in and out. Like Godwin plays like one like one series in the second half, even though he came back last week, so he's still limited. So just all the pieces aren't there. They're missing like a. They're still missing Gronk. It's who that they they really miss him in like the red zone. And then the defense last week, we'll see who ends up playing. But one of the reasons the Falcons came back into that game is because they lost both starting corners to injury. They lost their safety to injury and they were playing with, you know, rookies at corner. Um, and so we'll, we'll, see who ends up playing for Tampa, but their secondary is banged up as well. Now the same, it's the same case with Pitt Pittsburgh last week, lost almost their entire secondary to injury. We'll see who ends up playing, but yeah, I just think as a home dog here of eight and a half points after getting embarrassed with Tomlin against a Bucks team, that just hasn't found its groove yet. Um, I'll take the points here in the in a, in a classic Tomlin raw raw spot. I've avoided them all year except for that since he won to open the season, just because they there's only so much Tomlin can do with a limited quarterback and um, and look the Bills blow out everyone they beat everyone by 14 plus when they're good they're good so yeah I'll take the eight and a half here.
1: Okay, if you would have told me you and the breast of NFL fans that you know come whatever what's the date October 16th that the Ravens would have a worse record when they played the Giants. Uh, I, I don't think many people would have believed you, or they would have been like, oh, damn, did Lamar Jackson get hurt? Uh, that has not been the case. Somehow the Giants are 4-1, and and last week was an impressive win. But I, I just – it's not that I don't believe in Dayball. Clearly he's a good coach and been very impressive. I just don't believe in this team, and, and maybe I'm going to look like an idiot in a couple weeks, but I would hammer the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Uh, I, I think this has classic. Listen, you, you, if they start four and two, even if they get rolled in this game, that's an incredible start for the New York Giants. But I, I, I like the Ravens big in this game.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, the look, the, there's a couple things working in Baltimore's favor here. Uh, the perception of the Ravens is still lower than it probably should be. This is a team that easily could be undefeated. You know, they blow a huge lead to Miami in the fourth quarter. They blow a huge lead to Buffalo late. Now, if that happens again, say they're up 17-20 on the Giants, the Giants' passing offense is not coming back on the Ravens. And now the Ravens secondary is at, at corner, is healthy. They have a, a healthy Marcus Peters and a healthy Marlon Humphrey, and the Giants are just very limited at receiver. Which I think like basically what's going to happen here is the Ravens can they're going to play man on the outside with their two corners and they're going to load the box and just take away Barkley. And on the flip side, it's... And look, the Giants are coming back from London. Ravens are making a short trip up 95. That can only work in their favor. But when Lamar Jackson... When the Ravens had the ball, the Giants are going to blitz. That is what Wake Martindale does. And I think it's a was a, an up, a huge upgrade at defensive coordinator. And it's going to help them overall this season generate more pressure for a team that struggles to do so. But the Ravens spent the entire offseason addressing... Their offense against the Blitz because it was their kryptonite last year. Wink Warndale saw that front and center, and he also never never deviates from blitzing. Lamar Jackson has absolutely shredded the Blitz this year. Seven touchdowns, one interception, the second highest quarterback rating against the Blitz. I think the first is Geno Smith, uh, who's like leads the NFL in every passing category somehow. Um, so I think it's a, a good matchup on both sides. Obviously, a special teams advantage here. And you know, Daniel Jones, is just, for whatever reason, has struggled more at home. He's 9-13 and against the spread at home. And Lamar Jackson, when he hits the highway, 17-9 and against the spread on the road, about 66%, covering by about a touchdown per game. 12-4 and is a dog or favorite of less than seven. So Lamar's been good in this spot. Daniel Jones has struggled in this spot. And I think it's a good matchup for the Ravens on both sides. Their offensive line also getting healthier. Ronnie Stanley came back last week, all-pro left tackle. Instead of having a rookie in there, we have to give help to, um, you know, he gave up zero pressures in all of his pass block snaps, so it was nice to see him back. So yeah, I think this is a spot to sell the Giants. I love what Dayball's doing, but you also have to look at the schedule too. They, I mean, the teams that they beat
1: La- La- last week was kind of an outlier leaders. win of of their wins.
2: I, I would say, yeah, that was, it was more of impressive, but that, I think it's they were, I mean, they were down seventeen nothing, and uh, I think it spoke more to some of the problems on Green Bay's offense, but um, just overall, it's like you beat Carolina at home by three, you know, you beat, you beat Tennessee by one. Um, It hasn't been the the greatest schedule. um, Well, whereas the Ravens have played a number of the toughest teams in in the NFL. So I think, I think the their superiority shows here on the The, road.
1: The other thing I'm sure is, I mean, Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson saw Wink for years in practice
2: every single day.
1: Uh, Now I would imagine Wink's going to be pretty fired up because I don't know if he quite, quote-unquote, got fired, but it was clear, like, we're not going to pay you the big bucks to come back. So there was a, a breakup. But like you said, he does what he does. I mean, it's, he doesn't have seven million pitches. I mean, he's got one. You know what's coming. And like you said, it's been good for the for the Giants, but I, I'm with you. I'm shorting them this week. Miami at uh, hosting Minnesota. This one's interesting to me. Uh, obviously, Tua, is, I, I would imagine, is not going to play. Uh to Teddy Bridgewater probably up in the air as of recording this. So they could end up with an undrafted free agent at quarterback again. You know, that, that situation with Miami to me, I think has a chance. Obviously when they're fully healthy, even I'm not the biggest Tua believer, they're going to be pretty feisty because they got explosive weapons on offense and, and the coaches, You know, I mean, he's a pretty dynamic, schematic guy. And ultimately, they just got those two guys are just so fucking fast. It doesn't really matter. Even if you don't have Bill Walsh scheming, Waddle and Tyreek, I've been really impressed with Tyreek's give a shit this year. I I thought, you know, a little, it happens a lot in NBA and baseball. Sometimes you just get that enormous payday. You're kind of toward the end of your career and you kind of, you watch him, he's playing hard. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and that's, it's been impressive. But their quarterback situation, the the unknown, and I'm not some huge believer in Minnesota. This would probably be a stay away for me. I, you know, I, I, I guess you just taking the, the the home dog. I mean, is that is that the philosophy here, Sucky?
2: Yeah, I just think the market has overreacted to the quarterback situation. So, like if, if Miami was fully healthy. And, you know, you, you still have to worry about Austin Jackson, their right tackle came off IR. We'll see if he plays Toronto Armstead, their left tackle is dealing with a toe injury. We'll see if he plays Xavier Howard, their corner is going to play, which is big. But, you know, if two if this team was fully healthy and Tua was starting, I, 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 you would probably, I would make it personally Miami minus four-ish. And the drop off from Tua to Teddy Bridgewater, not big. It's like a point, point and a half. You know, so then you're at Miami like a field goal favorite if, if Teddy Bridgewater is starting, and he's not going to start. I think he's going to be the he'll, he'll probably be cleared by game time and then be available as a backup if it goes wrong. So or you're like, expecting we'll the undrafted so free
1: agent quarterback to start?
2: Yeah. So then, yep. And then with Teddy being available, and so the the, the difference between Teddy and this <laughs> and, and the undrafted free agent is not you know six and a half points from three minus three to like plus three and a half is enormous. You're going through two threes even though you're going through a dead range and he looked bad last week but he was thrown into the fire. He'll run with the ones all week. We've seen backups in this league have success in their first couple of starts over and over again. Um so there's, you know, a lack of familiarity, lack of tape on them and then, you know, you can kind of dumb things down and he'll get the timing down with his receivers this week and I'm just not a huge buyer in Minnesota. They're kind of a paper tiger. You know, their their biggest win, they're kind of Resting their laurels on that win over Green Bay to start the year, but we've seen how Green Bay has looked. Um, there are other wins. It's like come back against the Lions at home. You know, hold on against the Bears at home. Their only result on the road is getting torched at Philadelphia. So um, you know, the humidity, in Florida, still September October. Usually a decent home field advantage down in Miami. Desperate team off a couple of losses. I think McDaniel's work. McDaniel working with. Thompson and the ones all week can scheme up enough here to keep Miami close and Minnesota tends to just like let teams hang around and these games like their games are always and second never, never forget
1: McDaniel with Kyle, when Jimmy got hurt years ago, they started messing with Nick Mullins kind of out of nowhere, and early on, kind of competed, and you know, no one had ever, you know, unless you're some diehard college football guy, you didn't really know who he was. Now, over time, he got exposed, but they won some games, yep. and definitely probably covered some spreads with a guy that no one knew who he was. And now, five years later, guy's still in the league.
2: Yep, yeah. I mean, this isn't a game. I'm like, oh my god, I love it. It's my favorite bet of the year. But once it once it's at you know now it's at three and a half. Uh, I think that there's enough wiggle room here and uh, what I think will still end up being a close game.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, the, the NFC East right now has two four and one teams and obviously a five and O team. And this game is massive. I mean, the Eagles hosting the Cowboys. Now it's probably not quite as big just because the st- star quarterback would be strong, but Dax hurt. Uh, but the, the Cowboys, I mean, last week was impressive. Their defense has been awesome. Uh, you know, I, I I've shit on McCarthy as much as anyone, but you know he's twelve and five last year, and he's four and one this year. Like ultimately, he's his team is winning some games. Does feel like they're kind of running into a buzzsaw saw here. I I just I have a hard time twofold thinking one. That offensive line, especially the young left tackle who got smoked once by Aaron Donald, which sometimes the Rams kind of manipulate it. Like when you have a shitty backup tackle, they'll put Donald out a defensive end. Well, the Eagles just have defensive ends like they have just edge pressure guys. So that that matchup seems like a tough one. And also just the Cowboys aren't going to beat the Eagles with their quarterback throwing for 100 yards. Right. So it's it just feels like they're kind of running into a buzzsaw on this one. And ultimately, if you know, if you're competing for the division, as long as you split like this, you're not supposed to win this game. Like you wouldn't even supposed to win it if you had Dak. If turns out the Eagles are this good Uh, five and a half seems, you know, for a team that might have one of the top two or three defense in the league, a little high. But fuck, the Eagles look good. I mean, early in game, sometimes they kind of they've been weird in the second half. Haven't they? I mean, they just—they've ha- struggled to score for whatever reason. That—that that would give me a little pause, just because you can come back on them because they don't—they don't really put you away. But I would have to lean the Eagles here, but I wouldn't feel great about it.
2: Yeah, I like the Eagles here. I mean, my stance on Cooper Rush hasn't changed. Last week when I was on the Rams, I said, this guy's not going to win a game um, on the road and by throwing the ball. If you-, you make you get a lead on him and make him throw it. And look, the Cowboys' are, their their offense is 25th in yards per drive, 25th in points per drive, 25th in EPA per play. This is not a good offense right now. And by, for what it's worth, the Eagles are the only team ranked in the top five offense and defense. Cooper Rush has been very lucky with interceptions. And here's the thing: if and if you look at the four Cowboys wins, they've I think they've they haven't even topped 25 points in any of them. They've, they they averaged about 22 points per game in the four wins. This is who Russia's beat: Washington, yeah, you know, come back against the Giants, the Bengals, and Rams. Both of those teams are a mess. What What do those teams have in common? Washington, Giants, Cincy, Rams. O line, major <laughs> offensive line problems. Oh, yeah. All ranked bottom five adjusted sack rate, bottom eight line yards. Like their offensive lines are just a disaster right now. Well, the Eagles arguably have the best offensive line in the NFL. They write out number one in pass protection, so they like the Cowboys' defensive line is winning games. Michael Parsons and company are winning games on their own. This will be their toughest test by far, and maybe of the season, going up against the premier offensive line in the NFL. And I mean, it's also like the Cowboys. You have they they were in New York, short week down back home you play Washington and you head out to the west coast now you come all the way across the country it's not been ideal travel but basically what i think happens here is the eagles offensive line can protect hurts they'll be able to get their run game going a little bit and they'll jump out to a lead and they'll be you know the cowboys defensive line will make plays their defense will make plays but the eagles will still be able to score they'll get a lead at home in front of that crowd in prime time and they'll force cooper rush who should be under pressure to try and come back that's when I think the mistakes come, and that's when I think Philly extends here, and then uh, ultimately it's time for Dak Prescott.
1: Not going to hold you to this one, but you just you know might be the game of the year at least on paper. I saw it's the first time Mahomes has been you know a, a home underdog. It feels like that's just an auto bet. I I, I wouldn't bet this game because it might just be the two best teams in the league, but. It just feels like that, the value in getting the Chiefs at home. Now, I know it's a crazy stretch, right? You play the Bucks, which that was kind of their Super Bowl 2.0, getting back at Brady and Bulls. Then you have the Monday night game where you kind of sleepwalked, but you got woken back up, so you're coming off a short week. The Bills are coming off the blowout. But it just to me, the, the value in taking the Chiefs at home, am, am I crazy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't fault you. I mean, Mahomes is 7-0-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career. And hasn't lost in eight games, and this yeah this ends a streak of forty one games, forty one home games uh, of being a favorite, which is the longest streak for Mahomes. It's the longest streak in the Super Bowl era, and yeah, I mean the the one you know I would the one. Uh, this is why I pause a little bit. This is so similar to the spot last year when. You know, two years ago, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the playoffs and then the Bills came to Kansas City in the regular season and blew them out last year in a revenge spot from the playoffs. They they came out with their hair on fire at a great game plan. Well, then what happened later that year? They lost in the playoffs again. It's like this is the same exact spot as last year. Um, so, yeah, from and then you, you mentioned a couple of the other situational factors that I do think favor Buffalo. But this game should be back and forth taking the 3 I, I I wouldn't fault you with Mahomes although you know the buffalo has just been so impressive overall and when they're good they're good they tend to just yeah. win with margin and Kansas City they've there's some issues like they they easily should have lost probably to the chargers if Carl Sheffers doesn't get afraid of the crowd like should have lost to the uh, Raiders, you know, and they, they run into each other at the end, but they easily could have lost that game. They easily could have three losses. Now, they got a little unlucky in the Colts' loss, but the the Bills have looked a lot just a lot smoother and more polished so far this season, and if you compare what these teams to what they looked like last year, there's no Tyree Kill to take off the top of the offense, which you're seeing impact their offense a little bit, but the Bills also have injuries in the secondary. The difference might be that Buffalo front which is you know you add Von Miller some of their young guys are playing a lot better they're getting pressure at an elite level without blitzing and if you can do that against Mahomes I mean that's like that you're you have a shot yeah. so um their their defensive line and defensive front is in much better shape so that could ultimately be the difference but anyone who wants to take Mahomes catching 3 at home, uh, I would never fault you for doing so.
1: Well, I, I'm excited. Uh, that's we got some pretty good games on Sunday, so enjoy the weekend, and uh, let's, let's win some bets. Let's get back on the positive nature. I've I've lost a lot of money this year, so I I would like some wins, and uh, let's go Philly. Let's go Baltimore because I think I'm going to hammer those two. Let's do it, brother. Take it easy, bro. Talk to you soon. <laughs>